Good morning. It's Tuesday, October the 3rd, in the year of our Lord, 2023. I'm J.D. Walt, and this is your wake-up call. Let's begin today with consecration. Wake up, sleeper. Rise from the dead, and Christ will shine on you. Jesus, I belong to you. I lift up my heart to you. I set my mind on you. I fix my eyes on you. I offer my body to you as a living sacrifice. Jesus, we belong to you. And we're praying in the name of the Father, and the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Amen. Today's entry is entitled, Believing in Jesus, but not receiving the Holy Spirit. Our text is Acts chapter 8, verses 9 through 17. Hear now the word of the Lord. Now for some time a man named Simon had practiced sorcery in the city and amazed all the people of Samaria. He boasted that he was someone great, and all the people, both high and low, gave him their attention and exclaimed, This man is rightly called the great power of God. They followed him because he had amazed them for a long time with his sorcery. But when they believed Philip, as he proclaimed the good news of the kingdom of God and the name of Jesus Christ, they were baptized, both men and women. Simon himself believed and was baptized, and he followed Philip everywhere astonished by the great signs and miracles he saw. When the apostles in Jerusalem heard that Samaria had accepted the word of God, they sent Peter and John to Samaria. When they arrived, they prayed for the new believers there that they might receive the Holy Spirit, because the Holy Spirit had not yet come on any of them. They had simply been baptized in the name of the Lord Jesus. Then Peter and John placed their hands on them, and they received the Holy Spirit. The Word of the Lord. Now consider this. Simon was something else. He was a sorcerer, which is another way of saying a magician which is another way of saying con artist. And no, I'm not saying the magician at your nephew's birthday party was a con artist. Perhaps the better term would be an illusionist. Here was our first clue about Simon. He boasted that he was someone great. People are so easily deceived. We are easily impressed and enamored with confident and apparently powerful people. 
This was our second clue. And all the people, both high and low, gave him their attention and exclaimed, This man is rightly called the great power of God. It's worth noting we are outside of Jerusalem now and beyond Judea. The gospel has reached the territory known as Samaria. It was a mess of a place filled with religious syncretism. Syncretism is what happens when sound doctrine gets blended in with other religions, mythology, emperor or celebrity worship, old wives' tales, political ideology, and civic religion. It sounds a lot like, well, where many of us live. In Samaria, people get tossed to and fro by charismatic leaders who are often master manipulators at gaming the system for their own benefit. Into this setting comes Philip. Remember Philip? He was one of the seven known to be full of the Holy Spirit and wisdom who was set apart to work with the widows in Jerusalem. He was number two on the list after the late great first martyr of the church, Stephen. Don't you love it when the widow workers pull apostolic duty? That's at least part of the point here. We see the makings of great awakening rising up in Samaria. But when they believed Philip as he proclaimed the good news of the kingdom of God in the name of Jesus Christ, they were baptized, both men and women. Not to be upstaged, Simon the sorcerer gets in the baptism line. We will come back to this. There's a curious thing I want us to broach today. Back in Jerusalem, Peter and John heard the news from Samaria and decided to make a field trip. Then this, when they arrived, they prayed for the new believers there that they might receive the Holy Spirit because the Holy Spirit had not yet come on any of them. They had simply been baptized in the name of the Lord Jesus. Right there. I think this is my story. I grew up in the church, baptized, confirmed, even rebaptized. Perfect attendance, Sunday school, youth group, summer camps, you name it. Nowhere did anyone say much of anything about the Holy Spirit. I started reading my Bible with some intensity in college, and I had many questions, all of which were about the Holy Spirit. I began to ask my questions to any preacher I could find, and to my stunned disappointment, no one could answer them. They just assured me, when I was baptized, I got it. <laughs> After many years now of sound teaching and significant experience with the Holy Spirit and much reflection, I'm certain I spent many years in a state not unlike those first Samaritan Christians, believing in Jesus, yet not receiving the Holy Spirit. The prayer of transformation, Lord Jesus, I am your witness. I receive your righteousness and release my sinfulness. I receive your wholeness and release my brokenness. 
I receive your fullness and release my emptiness. I receive your peace and release my anxiety. I receive your joy and release my despair. I receive your healing and release my sickness. I receive your love and release my selfishness. Come, Holy Spirit, transform my heart, soul, mind, and strength so that my consecration becomes your demonstration, that our lives become your sanctuary. For the glory of God our Father, amen. And the question, do you identify with my experience here of spending too many years with some level of believing in Jesus but not receiving the Holy Spirit? In our hymn today, we're going to sing one that you probably know called Breathe on Me, Breath of God. It is number 304. Breathe on me, breath of God. Okay, I'm sorry. I'm having problems with my, with my uh, you know, congestion. I apologize for that. It's in the air. You may have it too. Number 304. Breathe on me, breath of God. Seedbed hymnal, our great Redeemer's praise. Last time, number three. Oh, four. All four verses are short. They're powerful. Breathe on me, breath of God. Fill me with life anew, that I may love what thou dost love and do what thou wouldst do. Breathe on me, breath of God. Until my heart is pure, until with thee I will one will to do and to endure. Breathe on me, breath of God, till I am wholly thine, till all this earthly part of me Glows with thy fire divine. Breathe on me, breath of God, So shall I never die, But live with thee the perfect life Of thine eternity. Amen. That is a song to the Holy Spirit. And it's one that we do well to sing every day. Breathe on me, breath of God, till I am wholly thine, till all this earthly part of me glows with thy fire divine. There it is. Abbot Joseph to Abbot Lot. Why not be completely changed into fire? That's the question of our life. So, 
Yeah, why not be completely changed into fire? Have you received the Holy Spirit? Let me just ask you. Are you receiving the Holy Spirit? This is not a a one-and-done dynamic. This is the constancy of life and faith, the active, ongoing receiving of the Holy Spirit. Jesus breathed on them and said, Receive the Holy Spirit. And that's such a such a moment. He's like, he's like telling them, like it's like breathing, guys. And and you know, the the last breath is not enough for this next heartbeat, or something like that. You gotta keep breathing the breath of God. It's all coming together here, isn't it? Breathe on me, breath of God. Receive the Holy Spirit. I, I don't know. I mean. I think I just missed it, or I didn't, uh, my teachers missed it. I don't think, I think we've, so much of the church, I mean, granted, there's the Pentecostal movement in the world, which is, I mean, that's where the Holy Spirit has churned and burned and moved over the last hundred years, but it's largely been in the global south. It's certainly not been the story of the mainline church, which is the part of the church I grew up in. You know, they just kept telling me, well, when you got baptized, you, quote, got it. (laughs) As though the Holy Spirit were not a person, but a thing, and it, our understanding has been lacking. At least I can say that of myself. I've tried to make up for lost ground. And and again, you know what? Just a bunch of knowledge about the Holy Spirit won't do it either. You have to receive the person of the Holy Spirit in this ongoing, dynamic, breathing way. And He's ready to, to be given to you. Jesus said, you know, if you being evil know how to give good gifts to your children, how much more will... The Heavenly Father, will our Heavenly Father give the Holy Spirit to those who ask Him? And so I'm just inviting you to, many of you know exactly what I'm talking about. Some of you, your curiosity is piqued, and you're thinking, hang on, did I miss something? And the chances are you did, if you're asking that question. I mean, I missed it for many years, missed Him. So, I can't overstress the importance, the significance of this. And, uh, you know, we'll get up to Acts chapter 19 when we get into season two at some point, probably, I don't know, next spring. And we'll get to Ephesus, and, and they'll show up in Ephesus, and they'll be like, well, Something's missing here. These this church is they got they seem to to know something about God and Jesus, <laughs> but they said, Did you receive the Holy Spirit when you were baptized? And they said, We didn't know there was a Holy Spirit. <laughs> it's the same thing that happened in Samaria. We didn't know there was a Holy Spirit. Well, yeah. I'd heard of the Holy Spirit, but I missed the Spirit for many years. And um, and I, 
I just think, who would I have been in high school if I hadn't understood and received the Holy Spirit? Golly, that could have saved me all kinds of challenges. So, and I, I was asking pastors, and they didn't know either. I mean, this is like a problem. It's one that seedbed from the get-go we've set out to try to speak into. We've published so much around the person and work of the Holy Spirit. Just take a look at our materials. There's a ton there. And this is, the, I think, part of the great challenge of much of the church today. And it's not hard to solve. We just have to wake up, sleepers, and rise from the dead. Yeah, I hear you. And Christ will shine on you. <laughs> that shine, that's the Holy Spirit. Well, let's let's just pause it right there today. We got to get to the fields. Tomorrow, we got a good week a week here in the wake up call. They're all good to me. But uh this is this is Tuesday. This is October the 3rd. This day won't come back. They're sowing. There's seed to be sown in hearts all around. So be ready. I'll see you out there on the field. For The Awakening, I'm J.D. Walt. We hope that today's entry challenged and encouraged you. And thanks for listening to The Wake Up Call, powered by Seedbed. Be sure to share this with a friend. Leave us a rating and subscribe wherever you prefer to listen to podcasts. Find out more and join the movement by visiting our website at seedbed.com slash wakeupcall.